So, um, I mean, tell us a bit about yourself, Jake. What, what is it I can help you with? Uh, right, so I'm late late 20s. Um, I drive a lorry for a living, have done for the past two years. Um, just wanting to do a career change and revisit sort of the trade route, which I didn't want to do a couple of years ago, uh, mainly because of the cost. But I'm at a point where... Um, I need the I need the challenge. I need the change. Um, and if I don't do it now, I'm never going to. There'll always be an excuse. Yeah. Um, prior prior to that, I was um, I was in pest control for five six years. Um, and at the end of my sort of pest control time, I was a field biologist. Um, and that was uh, two and a half years ago. And that's when I sort of decided, like you know what, I need to do something a bit drastic. I need to uh, change jobs and. I figured a trade would be the best way long term. Uh, yeah. So I did the the my current job, the lorry one, um, is what I'm doing as a, as an interim because the hours are a lot more family friendly and also I finish earlier. So I was thinking, oh, if I go to night school, um, the hours will just work with travel and family and all of that sort of stuff. Oh no, good plan, good plan. Well, how much do you get paid on the lorries if you don't mind me asking? So yeah, so the basic is uh, about 27 and a half, 28. Yeah. Um, but um, I mean, I work bank holidays and um, um, we can do additional hours and stuff if we want to, but the basics about around about the 27 and a half, 28 mark. Okay. Yeah, good. Because um, again, with, with a trade, you probably won't get much more than that, if I'm honest with you. No, no. So I, under, I understand that and whichever line I went down it's the money the money helps but it's more about sort of up here yeah um, so when in in pest control and particularly as a field biologist you are constantly having to problem solve and use your brain to work things out uh, driving a lorry although company I work for is very good the hours are good yeah um, and the money's all right it's you just you're on the road yes you're concentrating on driving but it's the same yep. repetition uh, um and i'm with a firm that are quite local so i'm not even going long distance yeah um and i sort of <laughs> when i was looking at um the apprenticeship route and i had to do like an english and maths assessment for one of the ones i was looking at yes i was um i was a bit shocked at just how um uh poor my basic literacy and numeracy skills have become in the last two years <laughs> yes yeah yeah well the reason i ask is because there's a lot of people that have seen a, like a there's a daily mail um newspaper article that came out and said that electricians are earning 132 grand a year or something like that and you know my wife came home chuckling about it because her <laughs> friends were saying to her well why are you still working your husband's minted and, and she was like well he, i earn more than he does you know and um, <laughs> you know laughing at the ridiculous of it so I, and, I, and also i get i've had lots of people contact me to say oh you know i think about changing careers and when i ask them what they're doing and how much they're getting paid i'm like well you know Self-employed electricians earn about 200, 250 a day, you know, as, 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 as a sort of rule of thumb. You know, obviously it depends where you are in the country. And they instantly go, oh, I'm getting more than that now. <laughs> Maybe yeah. I won't be an electrician, you know. And you, you can see, and it's only because they've seen something, an advert somewhere that says that electricians are earning mega money, you know. And um, we just need to be careful of that because it'd be nice. 
but it's not really reality for a lot of people. No, for for me, as long as the sort of the money is livable, it's more it's the it's the challenge and the you know the needing to think about things and problem solve because that was one of the elements I enjoyed in the previous previous job, but I did not enjoy the hours. I never saw my family, which was one of the which was one of the um, uh, causes to me for me to start this this journey and move on um so yeah the money's nice if it can be overall eventually i know at first it's going to be a bit of a struggle um but long term i just need to be in a role where the brain's being used and i've got that future sort of safety net of people always going to need electricians they're always going to need tradespeople. yes no, that's good. That's good. Okay, so what what kind of route are you looking at at the moment then? Because obviously the apprenticeship that won't work for you by the sounds of things. Um. <laughs> so yeah. So then I've I've watched a lot of your your videos on YouTube. Um. And in particular, the life stories uh, playlist. Um. I think there was a guy uh, called Aiden, which yes, his story sort of uh, um is is similar as they're going to be to mine. Yeah. Um, I, in an ideal world, I would like to do the four-year apprenticeship mainly because you've got the four days on the drop on the job. Which yes. I, um, my academically, I'm okay, although not maybe not now. Ten years, ten years, fifteen years on. Yeah. Um, but I learn by doing. So the four years on, one day in college would yeah. suit. But I can't afford the pay drop for the four years. And I know from your previous videos. Uh, from year two, I think you're on minimum wage, you've said? Yeah, so it jumps up. But I mean, basically, let me show you something now. All I've gone to is national minimum wage rates um, from the government website. Uh, and it says here that if you are 23 and over, you get £8.91 an hour. Uh, up to 22, £8.36. 16 to 20, £6.56. And obviously under 18, £4.62 an hour. And a first year apprentice, is four pound thirty an hour. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what wage you're on, but um, uh, sorry, how old you are in the first year, it is just four pounds thirty an hour. Um, so, but then, well, how old are you again? I'm I would, I'm twenty eight, almost twenty nine. So I'll be on that. The, the eight two an hour. Yeah, the high the higher amount, which is a bit more realistic, isn't it as well? Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, so so that that makes sense then. Um, so what you're looking to do then is is what I've what's been suggested before. Let me just bring this up as well. Two, three, six, five, level two. I'll, yeah. I'll do my first year, and yes. then in an ideal world, I'll be able to find a company that will take me on as an apprentice from year two for the next two to three years, however long it takes. Yeah. So I've got that route up here. Obviously, this is this is uh, produced by the TESP. Um, which is the Electro Electrotechnical Skills Partnership. Um, so again, like you say, level two, City and Guild or EAL. And if you can find employment during that time, then you can transfer onto the apprenticeship. Uh, but once you've got the level two out of the way, so that'd be the first year, you'll then move into the level three. And then yeah. you, you'll be looking to join at that time when the wages have gone up, um, is basically what you're, what you're suggesting. Now, that... I mean, uh, that is great, and th th that should be available. But I've been finding out from a lot of people that have tried to do that, 
but there's a couple of things that you just need to be aware of. Okay, so firstly is that when the colleges transfer you over, let me just stop sharing that for a second. When the colleges transfer you over from the, uh, the 2365 onto the 5357, they do something called RPL, your qualifications over. And RPL stands for Recognised Prior Learning. Okay. And what that means is that they take those qualifications that you've done, which follow the apprenticeship exactly, so that you can jump over. Um, some colleges are very wary about taking on people from other colleges. So let's say you did your level two at one college and they didn't deliver apprenticeships, for instance. And then you complete the level two and you think, right, I'm going to take these qualifications that I've now got over to the apprenticeship at a different college. That different college um, might be very wary about taking you on because they can't guarantee the level of training that's happened. And the problem that they then have, which is I'm only just finding this sort of stuff out as we go, because it is a bit of a journey, these videos. The problem that we then have is that let's say an apprenticeship, you start off at the beginning they get the full funding. So let's say that's 20 grand, okay? If you then come in at year two, they don't get that first year's budget. They literally just get your second year and third year budget, okay? And that is a bit of a disincentive from what I'm hearing, okay? So what they may try and do is try and start you back from the beginning again and say, look, we don't know the standard of the training that's happened, we, we need you to start again, but it, it'd be easier the second time around. However, that then kind of puts you back in the first year. Now, it should that shouldn't happen, but I'm hearing from people that obviously because they don't know how the system works or they get they just get told what the training provider wants to tell them. I'm just letting you know so that you can plan for this and know the answers and say, well, actually, do you know what? I know that we can RPL these qualifications over and you can just start me in the second year, okay? And what I suggest to you is to give yourself the best chance of that happening. Because again, if they were questioning your, your, your training, the best way to, to, to circumnavigate that is to take control of your training yourself. Don't just rely on what the college are training you, go above and beyond and get yourself to a level where you feel really confident in what you've learned so that you can then prove yourself. Because if I was a training provider and I wanted to know the level of the people coming in, I would set some kind of test and say, do you know what, let's see how you get on. And if you do well in that, do you know what, I feel reassured now, let's go for it. If you didn't do well in it, I'll be like, well, there's the proof, you know, we need to start again. So my advice to you is, there's a couple of things. Is number one, take control of your learning and make sure that you're at the top of your game. Stay at the top of the class. And, uh, you know, if there's anything you don't understand, there's videos you can watch, there's books you can buy, there's all sorts of stuff, you know, you can, you can get. Talk to people online, build an online presence. There's a lot of people in the industry that want to help apprentices or people looking to join. The second thing that I would start doing as well straight away, um, Jake, is try to find that job because that's the second hurdle that you've got. Lots of people, when once, once they've gone down that diploma, it's called the diploma route. So once they go down that diploma route, they then find it difficult to find jobs. Now I'm not saying it's impossible. 
anything's possible. Um, it all depends on the quality of the candidate as well. So if you look the part and you sound the part and you talk the talk, somebody's more likely to take you on. Okay. Especially if you've got all the gear as well, because you look like an asset. Okay. Rather than someone that's going to be a drain uh, and a hindrance. Um, so make sure you get yourself in a good position. Start trying to find that job straight from the beginning. So as soon as you start on that second year, level two, uh, sorry, first year, level two, start trying to find a job, get in with the right people, build on an online presence, um, find the right contacts online. You know, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm learning. You know, I've bought these tools. I've done this and keep that presence going because I've got an apprentice at the moment that's in the first year and he's, he's, he's not, he's not the sharpest guy in the room. You know, he's really focused and he's got, he comes up with some really good questions, but he's always looking forward. So he's already built his online platform. And he said many times, Jay, I don't think my employer is the right employer, but I've got all these other employers online that I talk to and they give me advice and they give me help. And they, you know, they've offered to let me work with them weekends. So he goes off and does extra work at the weekends with these other people. And he is, he's taken control of his future, basically. He's learning all those skills at the same time, you know? Yeah, no, that make, that make, that makes sense. My plan was once I sort of started the level two and had a bit of an idea of what I was doing because I'm I'm complete new from scratch in the industry. Yeah. Um. Once I'd started the level two and I sort of had a bit of an idea of what I was was doing was to then put myself out there for like the free work experience and stuff. Yeah. Um. Just with your sort of social networking comment, is that via LinkedIn or is there a more uh, specific electrical well, social media platform yeah i mean linkedin is the most professional out of the social media platforms i would say twitter i've never had any work from twitter um it's all just nitpicking and all that kind of stuff and people you know <laughs> twitter's a, a weird place you won't probably get much from that um facebook if you're in the right facebook group so there's the sparky ninja facebook group yeah i'm in that yeah. one yeah. yeah and there's the apprentice one as well Okay, so right. Sparking Ninja Apprentice Group. If you go into that one, you're more likely to get apprentice information. Um, and then as you build up your, your technical ability, they may even let you into the Sparky Ninja Discord group. And they're really particular about who they let into that because they don't want it to end up like the Facebook groups, you know, where it all just is about tearing people down and, you know, pulling them to pieces. It's about support and nurture and you know trying to provide a nice nurturing environment for people and it's difficult to achieve that when you've got lots of members as well so they're really specific about who they sort of let in but um i mean it's a great way of then building that up now so pitfalls of doing what you're doing in an ideal world you'll start the level two you'll finish the level two you'll go straight into an apprenticeship in at the end of that with a job and then you'll go straight into the second year of the apprenticeship and it will carry on seamlessly. Okay, that, that's the ideal. That's the, the perfect scenario. The, 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 what can, the say things that can happen, you'll start the level two and you won't be able to find a job, at which point you then start the level three. Okay, and then you work your way through the level three and you still keep trying to find a job. If, that, if you don't find a job in that time, then at the end of that diploma route, you can still start to 
try and find a job. Um, somebody pointed out the other day, Neil Phillips, who I was talking to, who's got a training company uh, in Cambridgeshire, was saying that um, you can get a job as an electrician's mate, or um, there's there's another term as well. It always escapes me, like a prover. electrical prover. That's the one. And yeah, um, they're, they're about fifteen pounds an hour on um, Indeed and stuff at the moment. There's a, I, had a, I had a look, yeah. So again. I mean, that's that's more than a lot of electricians get paid. So you can see why people do it. Um, so again, that's another route that's open to you. The worst case scenario for you, um, and it all depends on you as a person, is agency work. Now, I've done agency work and I pro it wasn't for me, but it doesn't mean to say that it won't be for you. Now, the problem is with agency work is that you literally just turn up and get told where to be. It's only short stints. There's probably not many people that want to help you. Okay, They just want to do their job and get on. So you have to be aware of that. But again, if you find the right person in that environment to buddy up with, two things might happen. They might say, do you know what? Why don't you come work for us? Happy days. Or two, they'll, they'll at least impart some knowledge with you, and help you out a bit. But again, you're more likely to get that if you've got the right personality, you've got the right ethos the right mentality you know you turn up on time you've got all the equipment nothing's a problem you know and you really push yourself to to do it um one of the worst things that can happen on site is that and it, and it happens a lot apprentices say all the right stuff and then how hard working they are and how hard they're trying and then they're always on their phone <laughs> Yeah. Or as soon as, the, as soon as the bell goes at the end of the day, that's it. They're not thinking about electrics anymore. They just want to go off and get lashed or, or whatever. Um, and they're not committed. They think they're committed, but there's a whole few levels above their level of commitment that really means they're committed. And you just want well, to make sure you're there. Well, I'd like to think being a, what am I, a mature learner or yeah. whatever, whatever you call me. I've, you know, yeah. I've got family. I've got financial commitments. This is, a, this is quite a big nervous nerve-wracking anxious steps so i'd like to think i'm about to plow a load of money into retraining yeah um, if if people don't see me on my phone rather than being engaged asking questions trying to better myself then there's something going go, going wrong so yeah i'd like yeah, to no. think that's going to be a positive for people looking at me going oh you know what this guy's got a bit more a bit more life experience he's got stuff going on at home that he needs to yeah work on he's not just gonna turn up dos off and bugger off sort of thing you know be hung over from the weekend or whatever and all that kind of stuff <laughs> yeah no, that's i mean that's good and, and that's ideal and this you know what this is the best thing about career changes they've done all the kid stuff they've done all the teenage stuff they've done all the the, the young adults still finding their way stuff and now now they're at a point where actually do you know what this is what i want to do and they're more focused, they're more committed, which is why I think there needs to be more support for people such as yourself who've had that defining moment and realised they want to change their stars, you know. Mm. So we need to definitely work something out for that. Um, so with regards to the college, have you, have you found a college? You don't have to tell me the name. Um, well, so, <laughs> yeah, so I've applied at Brighton Met because that's um, sort of the closest... Uh, identifiable one to me. I mean, there are a few others, like there's one in Shoreham, but in terms of what they were wanting money-wise, it was it was a it was a lot more, and I didn't quite understand how the coursework. Whereas Brighton Met, it's City and Guilds, it's level two, then level three diplomas. Yeah. Tuesdays and Thursdays, it's 
lot more clearer, clearer and simpler. So from a more my not knowing and my understanding point of view, uh, the Brighton Met is is the way to go for the time being. Yeah. Um, and is, I that, have a, is that an evening course? Uh, yeah, Tuesday and Thursday evenings it would be. I, I've, I've applied. Um, um, I've just got to wait for the interview and to be offered the place. I think I will get it because I actually got offered a place last year, but we had a we had a few financial stuff going on and everything, so I had to pull out. Um, yeah. So I'm hoping they'll just, you know, it will, <laughs> I'm hoping I'll be starting in September. I am actually at the moment, though, there's um, an apprenticeship four years in Shoreham starting, which is an EAL course. Okay. Um, so I don't really understand a lot about EAL, and that was one of the questions I was going to ask you. Yeah. Um, just if you were able to point me in the right direction, is it is it better the same as City and Guilds? Or well, technically, technically, it's supposed to be exactly the same. The course structure, the course criteria, the end product is all supposed to be exactly the same. The only difference is that most people recognise City and Guilds. They don't recognise EAL. That is the only thing that might be a problem. And it's in the same way that a lot of people recognise the NIC EIC. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't recognise NAPIT. And I've yeah. had people phone me up and say, are you NIC registered? No, but I'm with NAPIT. And they're like, no, 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 we don't want that then. And off they go. So, <laughs> But that's their choice. You know, that's their choice. They recognise the brand. So my only thing is that City and Guilds have the brand. EAL, not so much, but it's supposed to be exactly the same. I think they do things slightly differently, but effectively, the end product is exactly the same. And it enables you to get into the AM2. And once you've done that, that's when you become the qualified electrician. Right, okay. okay. So until you've done the AM2, in the eyes of the of the industry, you're not an electrician. I'm not an electrician either because I haven't done the AM2, but you're not an electrician until you've done the AM2. Okay. Yeah, but you can't do that now until you've done the um, the MVQ portfolio. That's right. You've got to do the MVQ portfolio, then you can get into the AM2. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and um, your the 18th edition wiring regs. That's that is that also part of it, or is that an additional you can do alongside? You do that. That's an additional. You do you do the 18th edition ish, the apprentice version. But it's not the same as the actual 18th edition course. Right. So, so but I think to go in for the AM2, you don't need if you're not if you if you've gone down the apprenticeship route, you don't need the 18th edition. I'm not sure what it is for the self-funded route. Um, right. I mean, I'm looking at this thing here now. It doesn't really say much about it. But again, it's a, it's only an online exam. There's not there's not much in it. You know. Um, People that aren't even in the industry pass it, Jake. You know, <laughs> oh, right. it's, one, it's one of those. It, it, anyone can do it. And they do Because before, um, before I'd sort of started watching your videos and I, I didn't realise you could join as a second year apprentice after doing the level two. Yeah. Uh, the original plan was level two, level three, uh, one to two years on doing the diploma um, and then the wiring, wiring regs, all, all of that sort of in one go. Yeah. Um, so with the with the with the wiring regs, if I did get on an apprenticeship, would it be required in the industry or or not? I think when you do the apprenticeship route, from what I've seen with our apprentices, they 
I don't think they, it's not part of the course requirement. You, you do this, the level two, the level three, and that's got its, the level three's got its version of the 18th edition in it. Right. Um, and then they do their MVQ, and then they go into the AM2, and then they get their gold card. Right, they, okay. What they might need to do is if they join a, a competent person scheme, then they might need to have the 18th edition wiring regulations. Right, okay. So it's still worth plan, planning in oh, I to would. do that. As yeah, 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 yeah okay. absolutely, for sure, because then you've got it. And then you've got it. And then, um, I mean, every time they bring out a new edition, you'll have to do another update course, and which is a good thing as well. So it's always worth having it. I mean, to any employer, it looks good. Okay. okay. And then also as well, you know, if you've said to the employer, I've got the 18th edition, I've got my level two, I've got my level three, I just need to build my portfolio MVQ now so that I can do my AM2. You're most of the way there. Right. You know? So you've already you've already paid half the battle, so to speak. So the employer's not having to Yeah, I mean basically the, the more cards that you've got stacked in your favor, the better your chances of finding a job. It's gotta be, isn't it? Yes, yeah, that's true. And I uh, just a point that you made um uh, earlier on about being an asset and having your own gear. Um, I mean is it worth just having a starter sparky kit just with the basic tools or yeah? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, look, think about it this way, Jake, the taking on anyone to start off with is a big financial commitment for any employer. I don't care what anyone says. It really is. And for the first three months, unless you've had any training previous to that, you'll probably be completely useless. No offense, Jake, you know, everyone <laughs> is, you know, for those first three months, it's really keeping the van tidy, keeping the site tidy, doing all the doggy dog work, you know, um, and then learning as you go. And after about three months, you get you start to get a bit useful, you know. Then to be even more useful, if you've got your own tools and you've got some transport, so even just a rubbish van, okay, that will help you become useful. They can say, do you know what, Jake? There's some sockets that need second fixing on that job. Can you just go there and do it? And you're an asset. Not... Oh, do you know what? I've got to drop this lad off. Oh, he's got no tools. Oh, do you know what? This is starting to become a bit more of a hassle than I thought it was going to be. You know, mm, no, I mean, one, of the, one of the biggest mistakes that I made is after about three months, my employer said to me, we need you to get a vehicle so that you can get yourself to work. And being 20, I went out and bought a convertible. <laughs> <laughs> I spent about seven and a half grand on a convertible Escort Cabriolet. And I turned up. I turned up on the Monday, and it had all the alloys. And I spent the whole oh. weekend putting the sound system in the boot, so there was nowhere for my tools. And I turned up, and with the roof down and the ladder jammed in behind the front seat, and sunglasses on, top off, you know, sounds blaring. And my boss came out, and he just went, "What? The, what are you doing?" I thought, "What do you mean? It's a beautiful day, you know." Because my head just wasn't. My head just wasn't there. And, and right. about, about a month after that, he sacked me. Because, oh, right. I, oh, right. yeah. <laughs> because, you know, I wasn't as committed as I thought I was. I mean, I was like, what do you mean I'm not committed? I turn up on time. I'm here, aren't I? You know, I do a day's work. But actually, there's so much more involved than that. It's, it's, this, is a, this is a career now. This isn't just a job. You need to understand what you're doing. If you don't, need to, if you don't do some CPD, learn about it, become an asset. Because you need to earn your employer money. If you're not earning your employer money, you're no good. Mm. You just—it's just a waste of time. So my advice is: get a van, 
cheap run around doesn't you know half sensible you don't want it looking like it's rolled down a hill um because again you know people's perception you know um if you turn up in a in a, in a car and you don't you don't look very professional if you turn up in a van you look a bit more professional if it's sign written at least look, looks even more professional especially if you're wearing all the gear you know and you've got the you know branded stuff on you've got the nice tools rather than turning up with just a bucket with some tools in you know <laughs> but you laugh but this is what some people are like if you look the part you feel the part you're more likely to attract the right people right okay just out of curiosity okay. one thing i keep thinking wanting to ask you as well is how much is that course jake that you're going on okay so this is all Brighton Met, which is what I've earmarked as my my journey for the next four to five years. Okay. Uh, so I've got level two, which is £1,596. Yeah. Um, I've got the level three, um, which is £2,000. Yeah. Um, you've then got the MVQ portfolio, which includes the AM2 test. Yeah. Um, and that's £2,225. Yeah. Um, and then you've got the 18th edition wiring regs, which is a three week, one evening or whatever course, which is £350. Perfect. And what does that add up to? So that's £6,171. That's not bad for the whole thing, is it? Now, one thing I need to, well, I didn't think that was bad, bearing in mind that I was originally looking at some of these domestic installer courses. Yeah. Um, and you know they were more expensive than that and then i started seeing that you weren't qualified and there's additional anyway we won't get onto that because yeah yeah <laughs> um so yeah so we've got six thousand now what i need to double check is that um the inspection and testing yes is that, is that a separate course i would need to do or do yeah that's an, to... that's an additional course so i know the city and guilds one's called the 2391 inspection testing course that is a is another course Okay, so right, you, okay. do every, you do your level two, you do your level three, get your AM2 done, I would suggest, okay, mm -hmm. um, and your portfolio. And then at that point, you'll probably stand a, a better chance of getting through that 2391. Now, right. again, anyone can take that 2391 course. You don't have to be an electrician. Um, so we get all sorts of people thinking that they can do it. It might get expensive if you... You want to set yourself up to stand the best chance. So if you understand electrical installation, then you stand a better chance of getting through that exam. Now, again, I've got to say, right. a lot of people are being led through that exam, from what I hear. You know, um, so it's not as hard as it used to be. But again, if you're going to stand the best chance of doing it, I would get everything out of the way first, the AM2, then, then practice, hone your skills at work as well, and then go on and do it. Because is so until you've done that inspect and test uh, inspect and test course, you cannot sign off your own work. Is that no? Right that, no, it doesn't work like that. Um, okay. So at the moment, basically, you only need a level two initial verification certificate um, to be able to to sign off your own work and be enrolled with a scheme. However, in September, they're now changing that. At the moment, it says that you need. A AM2 and a portfolio, an MVQ and an AM2 portfolio. However, I know that NAPIT have already brought out a training course to circumnavigate that. Um, 
And it probably won't be long before the NIC, EIC do the same. Now, my suggestion is, okay, is that you're better off staying away from those training routes purely because, same as when you looked at the domestic installer route, there's always more to do. You do it and you pay your money and then you find out later, well, hang on a minute, I'm still not qualified. Well, okay, I'll do a bit more. And then you, you do that. And then you just end up throwing money at this. If you do it right the first time round, then you won't, you won't be backtracking. You won't be doing things twice. It'll be cheaper in the long run and no one will question it as well because you've done the right route. You've got all the right qualifications because this is the other thing as well. There's so many different routes out there that employers don't know the qualification numbers. So all they really look out for is the main ones, the ones they know. Right, okay. okay. So, so it's a safe bet in a way if, if it suits my circumstances to stick with the, the city and guilds route for the time being and get the level two underway and then start seeking, seeking employment. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in, in my opinion, absolutely. You stand the um, best chance of coming out of it at the best, I mean, obviously as well, it takes you as well. <laughs> you need to put yourself into that, put in effort, okay? Um, trainers and lecturers aren't miracle workers, you know, you've got to really push yourself. But again, you know, you sound like you're doing all the right stuff. You've, you've worked it all out. You know, I'm getting some good vibes off you, Jake, if I'm honest with you. You sound focused. So I, I, have, I have no doubt that you, you know, continue like this, you'll be absolutely fine. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, well, I appreciate you spending the time to chat to me. I had a sort of an idea in my head, but I don't have any, well, like you say, I don't have the connections or networking in place yet mm. to, to sort of throw things around and sort of get an idea. So chatting to you today and watching your, watching your videos has been really helpful, especially as someone just brand, brand new to the industry. So no, fine. Yeah. One last thing I will say before I go, Jake, is I don't know if you've seen my video um, about the fact that I'm not qualified. I did. That was actually how I got into your, your page. That was the first one that, that came cool. that came up. So, yeah. So, you know that I went to Brighton Met. Um, I didn't, but yes, do now. Okay. Well, I went to Brighton Met and they messed up. That's why I'm not qualified. So, my only suggestion is to you is to just make sure that they're doing their part. They're, they're, they're doing what they should be doing. Okay. okay. And because from what you said in your video, each term you were getting a, a certificate after each module. Yeah, yeah, I was getting all these certificates through and I was yeah. thinking, oh, that's great. Another one to add to the pile, another one to add to the pile. And of course, you don't know what you're getting. You know, you're, you're relying on them to tell you what it all means. But um, what I'll do is I'll send you a link to the course that you're on and you can make sure that everything's lining up properly. OK, thank you. And if you ever have any questions, Jake. You can always phone City and Guild and ask them, and they will they will tell you what you do and don't have. So just don't end up like me, is what I'm saying. 15, 20 okay. years down the line, you find out you haven't got what you've paid for. So you were at Brighton Met around your early 20s? Around your yeah, early yeah, 20s. yeah, that's it. So 2000 to 2004. 2001, okay. I'm, I'm hoping they will have changed and wised, wisened up in the past 10, 10 15 years then, but... You would like to think so. I mean, I took on an apprentice. I took on an apprentice about three years ago now, uh, before I started going into teaching. And he was enrolled at Brighton Met. And I said, you know, you need to check the course you're on. Because obviously, from my experience, I was just like, make sure you're on the right course. And we were phoning them and all this kind of stuff. And it turned out they hadn't even enrolled him on the right course. And then we took him out of that. And we took him to the training provider that I'm at now. Um, they, yeah, 
we just yeah they, they we, we heard a few stories but i'm sure it'd be fine for you just make sure that's all i'm saying just check and if okay, you have any questions you. jake you just you just ask me all right lovely adrian thank you very much for your time and uh no problem enjoy the sunshine <laughs> and i wish you all the best jake you good luck thank, thank you adrian take care mate take thank care you. Cheers. Bye. Bye.